Hi everyone, this is Catherine from Magnastics. I've had a lot of comments about maybe doing a podcast. So with Courtyard Tape here of the famous spreadsheet, we're going to give this a go and talk about some recent competitions. I think the first thing on our agenda was the first Junior World Championships, right? Well, first of all, just want to say I'm still annoyed that we did not get a stream for the first day, which counted as both the team final and the all-around final. So I'm, I'm not very happy about that. They did say, I believe, that they would make the routines available, but... I can't remember who. Someone on Twitter said, oh, maybe they just mean that it'll be available for purchase or something by the Federation. Yeah, I mean, there's not. it's one thing not streaming qualifications when it also acts as team and all-around finals. They're trying to make it a big thing, and then they don't stream finals where you're naming world champions. It just doesn't make any sense. But they also made a mistake by scheduling it the same weekend as the European Games, which we'll get to after we talk about Junior Worlds. But this year, it's been a recurring theme where they have there have been multiple competitions on the same weekend, and the gym internet just loses their minds because they don't know what to pay attention to. So, on to the actual results of Junior Worlds. Uh, Japan won the team competition to nobody's surprise. I don't think anyone expected anyone else to win especially with their um youth olympic games champion takeru kitazono he didn't dominate at the junior world championships like he did at the youth olympic games so that was mildly surprising i know i tweeted i was like hmm i wonder how many gold medals takeru is going to win at junior worlds didn't you say five I said maybe five. He only ended up winning three. <laughs> only three gold medals. Only three. Only three. Yeah, I think we were talking about maybe, you know, he's getting taller and having trouble adjusting to that. And maybe that's why he didn't do as well. I don't know. We really don't know what's going on. Uh, but it is worth mentioning he had a bit of a rough time at NHK a few weeks ago when he was competing with the seniors. So maybe not quite as surprising for me since I was paying attention to that. But I think people in general weren't really as aware of that, which made it more shocking. Yeah, I think some people have called Takeru the next Kohei. And no I just want to Yes, I just want to remind everyone that that's a lot to put on a kid. We have to remember that he is a child. He's only 16 years old. Nobody needs that kind of pressure to be, like, the greatest gymnast of all time. So I prefer to use his other nickname, which was given to him by the Japanese media, and that is Cute Monster. If I'd heard that before, I didn't remember it. That's adorable. Yes, it is adorable. That I just got from, you know, the automatic Google Translate of one of the <laughs> which Google Translate is horrible when it comes to Japanese. Like, absolutely terrible. Oh, it's so bad. So the three golds that Takeru ended up getting were the team gold, a gold on pommel horse, which was well-deserved. His flares are gorgeous and his hip clearance is to die for. And he also won a gold on the parallel bars. 
he's amazing to watch there as well. Obviously, he has massive difficulty for a junior at 5.7, which even some seniors have trouble reaching 5.7. I do want to note, though, that Ilya Kovtun from Ukraine had the same difficulty of 5.7. He may have won the title if he didn't fall, because I believe the final results, he was only maybe eight-tenths behind Takeru. Well, he was junior European champion on parallel bars. I remember he was so amazing. So it was really a shame he fell in the final because he's very good on parallel bars. You know, I don't even know if I watched junior European championships because I remember (laughs) absolutely nothing from it. (laughs) I was there and I remembered him on parallel bars specifically. All right. So... Italy won the bronze in the team competition of Junior Worlds, um, which was slightly unexpected to me. I had forgotten that they had won the team competition at European Championships last year, right? They got bronze at Europeans last year. Sorry, they did medal at Europeans. (laughs) Yes, so that was a really good result for Italy. I think both the juniors and the seniors have been doing really well the past 11 months post uh senior Euros team final disaster. (laughs) Yeah, but even making that final was a big deal, so. So, speaking of Italians, Lorenzo Casali did a quad twist in his floor routine, and that's absolutely insane. You know, very few seniors even do that, and for a junior to do that, it's kind of ridiculous. I'm not sure how I feel about juniors Mm -hmm. doing huge skills, generally. But it's well, still they do have impressive when they do it. They do have some skills that are prohibited for them to compete, but a quad twist is not one of them. Yeah. Or a triple-double high-bar dismount. Right. And we got one of those, a Fedorchenko from Nazar Chaperny of Ukraine. And I know both of us just thought it was two twists. And then we were like, no, wait, that's three. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I think we both lost our minds a little. Because I was like, you know what? That looks like three. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's, he's a junior. There's no way he did a Fedorchenko. That that did not happen. Yeah. yeah and then did. you see the replay. Oh, it's three. Oh, my God. Right. Right. So that was another holy crap moment. Right. So going into Junior Worlds, a favorite of mine from the Youth Olympic Games was uh, Diogo Suarez from Brazil. He was doing fairly well in the competition from what I could see from the scores um, in the all-around final. But unfortunately, his last rotation was pommel horse, which seems to be his weak spot. So um, he ended up not meddling, which I was a little sad about personally. But on the bright side, he did walk away with a medal on rings. So I'm glad he didn't go home empty-handed. I know I did see some Instagram stories of the of the guys representing USA. So I did get to see that from the team final, even though we don't really have any other videos. And I just want to say, true to form, they were the loudest in the arena. Oh, of course they were. Yeah. Don't expect anything else. <laughs> no, that's that's very men's team USA. <laughs> Tiny baby Shinosuke Oka, I hope I pronounced that right, won the all-around. 
He's so small, I'm pretty sure he can do a giant on P-bars without bending his legs. He's Save. barely taller than the pole horse. He's adorable. But I think it's safe to say he stole everyone's hearts that weekend. Um, and their medals. That too. <laughs> yeah, he, I know. I didn't really know of him before he was selected. But he did really well last summer at the Junior Asian Championships. So I think that's when he originally popped up on a lot of people's radar. Yeah, so he actually won the trial event that they had in Japan to select the team. And Takeru didn't compete in it because he was pre-selected to the team, presumably from Youth Olympics, when he was competing at nationals with the seniors. But Shinosuke won the trial with a score of 80. So it was kind of like, oh... This kid, whoever he may be, <laughs> um, has, you know, a good shot getting a medal and then obviously end up winning. Yeah. So he's definitely a new favorite of almost everybody, I think. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was the absolutely massive floor routine from Korea's Ryu Sunghyun. Um, it was the highest difficulty of the whole competition on floor. Kind of like Oka, I didn't really know who he was before, but it's kind of hard to, you know, forget a routine like that, especially from someone so young. So, and then Romania's Gabrielle Bertinetta seems to be a bright spot for Romania, especially since their seniors don't seem to be doing too well at the moment. I have no idea what Maria Agalescu is up to. Um, he was at Europeans. European Championships uh, did floor and vault, but struggled on both, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think he was at Doha as well earlier this year, but obviously he's not at peak form anymore, and I'm not sure what his situation is with the Federation, because that seems like a lot of drama. Andre Montian from Romania, I think he's still coming back from an injury. I'm not really sure how he's doing. I don't think he's really posted any training videos recently. I can't remember seeing much from him recently either. So so I guess it's a wait and see if we'll see him at Worlds or who knows. Another person I really enjoy watching um, both at the Youth Olympics and at Junior Worlds was Felix Dolce of Canada. Um, he was probably the favorite for the rings gold, especially um, after Takeru didn't qualify to that final, and he did end up winning, so congratulations to Felix. Um, I was also really happy with how well he did in the floor final. He oh, yeah, that routine was amazing. Most of his passes, I think. Um, so um, I'm really excited to see what he can do for Canada as a senior. Um, I know just the other day he announced he was basically going pro and had signed with an agent. So that's something to look forward to for him. And what's really exciting as well is he's kind of coming up as the current seniors are kind of improving as well so he's coming in at a good time he's not like having to be like the lone guy holding up Canadian men's gymnastics you know they've got a good team at the moment so he can 
fit in there nicely and hopefully they'll keep improving. Yes. And speaking of the floor final, overall, it was definitely a high quality final. Um, very exciting because there weren't really any major errors. I think maybe the biggest one was like a three tenth out of bound deduction from Sam Coffee. Yeah. And that was like it. Everyone was pretty much on their game and it was very enjoyable to watch. On to another British junior, Jasper G- Smith Gordon. Oh, uh, yes. Love Jasper. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember not even knowing who he was when he first announced the team. So I messaged you. I was like, who is this kid? And you're like, he isn't even on the national team. How did he get named to Junior Worlds? But joke's on us, I guess, because he has a medal now from Junior Worlds. Yeah. And not just a medal, the only medal that the British guys got. Right. He had beautiful execution on his vaults. Definitely very exciting. Yeah, I just, from British domestic comps that I've attended, I remember seeing him, particularly his floor, he's got really like great tumbling, and left floor and vault, there's kind of, there. well, there's things, obviously, because he got a vault medal. Um, <laughs> so they're the events I noticed him on. He's really great to watch everywhere, but his other events are lacking in difficulty, which you can kind of see when you look at his all-around scores. So that's kind of why he wasn't on the national team is just his scores overall aren't really up to the same kind of standard as the guys on the national team. But I'm wondering if maybe this will kind of get him a boost and they'll get him involved. I guess we'll see. And um, also when it comes to ball, I just want to, give a shout out to James Hardy of Australia for yes. having the least cowboyed Roche I have ever seen. I know he fell on it, but it was still very nice to watch in the year. So Yeah, and um, apparently it was only his third time competing that vault. So oh. definitely very exciting to see if he can get a bit more consistent. All right, that's really all I had for Junior Worlds. I will defer most of the discussion on European games to you so yes so European games happening at the same time as junior worlds which makes for a really fun time trying to watch two things trying to tweet about two different competitions scrambled my brain a bit but still we know what happened (laughs) right Um, so how before the competition started, we were like, hmm, who's our top contender for the all-around title? We were like, oh, maybe Ahmet Ander from Turkey. Yeah, um, I really and- thought, I really <laughs> thought this would be his time. But no, he has a minor leg injury, so he was only doing three events. And, of course, his best event is power bars. So you'd kind of be like, oh, well, his best chance is a medal, power bars. But no. He's apparently a high bar guy now because not only did he make the final at European Championships, he won silver at European Games as well on high bar of all events. So that's cool. I mean, he's definitely improved there. You know, he's nice and clean to watch. Personal favorite of mine, um, Emil Sorabwa of Finland, absolutely knocked it out of the park on the floor during qualifications. He stuck every single pass i've heard that referred to as a golden sombrero so amil got a golden sombrero he was he awarded 
Right. He was awarded a 9.0 e-score, which is a pretty big deal, especially on floor. But also, where did they find a point's worth of deductions? Hmm? Tell me. At European Championships, where he ended up being the, well, he was the second reserve for the final. But then after Dom's injury, he ended up being the first reserve for the final. In qualifications, he stuck every single pass there as well. I just remember it was one of the best things I've ever seen. He was like going crazy. The Finnish guys were going crazy. I was going crazy. And his e-score was like 8.8 something. But yeah, so sticking every pass is kind of becoming his trademark. I like that. Um, Yeah, so anyway, he won the gold in the event finals. And I think we are both absolutely delighted about that. So, Yes. And I remember watching the qualifications, him and... Oscar Kermes, who qualified in third or fourth on floor, I can't remember exactly, but he, because they only have one per country at European Games, so Oscar would have been in the floor final, but he was just like, both of them were just having the best time after, because their first event was floor, was I think Mm -hmm. the first event of the whole day, and they did floor and both did amazingly, and like the rest of the day they were just having a party. The first event can definitely set the tone for the entire competition, so. Yeah. Speaking uh, of sticks, Artur Davtian of Armenia was absolutely amazing in the vault final and stuck both his Dragulescu and his double twist in Kazumatsu, so. Yeah, that was awesome because he doesn't bring out the Kaz double twist very often. You know what? I remember watching him about two years ago and just being like, he has beautiful execution, but his difficulty is so low at this point. I don't think he's ever going to upgrade. And then last year he came out with all of these upgrades and did so well at Worlds. Like, I don't know where it came from. Yeah, because I remember at European Championships, he went for the Kaz double in qualifying. And I think he he didn't fall, but he like took a giant step off to the side and very nearly fell. So usually he'll do just a Kaz full in qualifying, um, which he did at European Games, I guess. Didn't want to risk the double. And in final, brought out the double, stuck it cold. Gold medal for Arta. Speaking of Armenians, the rings final was intense. Like, literally only one-tenth separated first through fifth place. Like, what the hell? Like, that's insane. Yeah, rings things. I was a bit surprised that Igor Radivilov only went for the 6.0 difficulty, especially considering who else was in that final. With those people, like, like most of the best rings guys in the whole world, and you only went for the 6.0, like... Is there something else going on? or Because that's when you should be going like all out. I do wonder, because at European Championships, he fell on his dismount when it really looked like he was going to win. Right. So I wonder if he was just playing it safe. Maybe he doesn't quite have the endurance to do the full difficulty and nail the dismount, or I don't know. Well, um, speaking of Ukrainians, um, Oleg Vernyaev. He's alive. Yes, he's a lot. 
he somehow barely trains some events, but ends up taking home a few medals anyway, which is typical alike. Like, like that's amazing, but also, dude, just take a vacation, please. The past couple of years, I've been so worried that he won't make it to Tokyo because he keeps competing, even though he seems so broken. Yeah, I feel like at this point he's going to make it just through sheer force of will. Yeah. I'm a little scared for him, not going to lie, but I also enjoy watching him, so. <laughs> yeah, it's just at this point when he's, like, constantly injured, held together by tape, you never know if he's going to bring out his full difficulty or not. It's like, he's either going to do something really impressive and, like, blow us all away, or he's going to land flat on his face, and that's going to be it. It's also kind of crazy because it's not even just the stuff or, like, the competitions that he goes to where he represents Ukraine. But then he'll also do, like, Bundesliga and Top 12 in France. And I'm like, you don't need to do that, man. Yeah, and it's not it's not kind of how it was a few years ago where it was kind of he was Ukraine's only hope. Or, well, he never was because Igor... You know, he won an Olympic medal in 2012, so there's always been other medal potential there. But now they've got Petro back, and the team's really looking strong, and Oleg just keeps going. I don't know, maybe he just has a hard time turning it off at this point. Yeah, I do wonder, um, you know, is he, maybe after Tokyo, will he take like a a long break to recover, um, like really heal? before he jumps right back into it or so after Tokyo he just kept going didn't take any breaks did I just say after Tokyo because I meant after Rio I I knew what you meant it's okay Rio Tokyo hasn't happened yet guess we're just gonna wait and see and the last note I had um I just wrote David Belyavsky in all caps yes (laughs) yes I know one of your favorites, so. Yeah, so that's really, I think, the biggest story from European Games is, you know, he hadn't competed since the last World Championships, which is a long time for him. So he didn't do Russian Nationals. He didn't do European Championships. This was his first competition since Doha Worlds, where he didn't really look like himself. You know, he... Didn't make the all-around final because of the two-per-country rule. But also, it wasn't just that. He didn't have a very good day in qualifying either. He made two event finals, and they didn't really go according to plan. And really, at European Games, I wasn't sure what to expect because it's been so long. You know, he's been injured. But he looked the best he's looked since 2017 Worlds. He's bringing back his big skills. He's got upgrades. I thought maybe he would, you know, take it a bit easy since it was his first competition back. But nope, we've got the we've got the double in pike out back on floor, which I don't think he's done since Rio. We've got the soup double pike on vault, which again he hasn't done since Rio. He's doing a 6.6 parallel bars routine, which he's never competed internationally before. Um, and he just looked really good. I was definitely 
pleasantly surprised by how good he looks. And I think he's, I mean, fingers crossed, only going to get better in the next couple of months. So that's very exciting. I guess we will see which Russian gets two per country out of the all-around finals at Worlds in Stuttgart. That will be interesting. Yeah. So I feel like after what happened in Doha and how we haven't seen David for a while, people have slightly been writing him off compared to Arthur and Nikita. Like, oh, they've got all the difficulty. Um, Obviously, they absolutely dominated European championships. But I think, I don't think it's quite that straightforward. I think if he has a good day, he can still give those two a run for their money. Yeah. And point of interest, like if we're talking difficulty, it seems like the other two have so much more. But David's is actually only a few tenths behind Arta. And that was without his full difficulty on Pommel Horse. So you know what? I actually haven't gotten to that update on my spreadsheet yet, but I believe you. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think the difficulty he did in Qualls was, it was about five tenths behind what we've seen from Arta this year. But That's a big deal. Yeah. And then he upped his pommel horse by about three tenths in the event final. So really he's only a tenth or two behind Arta in all-around difficulty, which that's nothing, really. All right. Well, that was all I had. Um, did you have anything else? Robert Foragal and his high bar gold. Oh, oh, my God. I totally forgot about that because I was focused on the juniors. He did the Tinsrabich high bar combo. Wait, all four of them or just three? Uh, the three, but okay. like in the same order that Tin does them. And he also got got third in all around during the qualifications, right? So all overall, I think it was a pretty successful competition for him. Yeah, definitely. And he upped his high bar difficulty by several tenths for the event final. And I mean, obviously it paid off. Yeah, I had him at... in the event finals. I can't remember what he was doing before, but he was usually upper fives. So, Yeah, and he's kind of one of those names that you kind of see around, but he's not really kind of making big finals, except for like a European all-around final or something like that. But it was really great to see him have probably the best competition he's ever had. I think that was... Definitely a theme for the for the seniors, these two competitions between the European Games and the University Ed. Just guys who are usually, you know that they're there, but you don't really pay attention to. They were definitely announcing their presence, so to speak. Yeah, and Gianni Regini Moran, kind of his big comeback to the international stage, got a silver on floor. Well, he was at the Tokyo World Cup, too. Yeah, but he's kind of, you know, he's always been a floor and vault guy. He's kind of still not quite there on pommel horse and especially rings. I think he's struggling with difficulty there. But he made the all-around final 
at European Games and Floor and Vault, which are his events. And I know that that floor medal is a really big deal for him. All right. And I guess that's it for European Games. Yes. Unless there was anything else you wanted to add. I do want to give a shout out to Vladislav Polyashov, his first big all-around medal. This has kind of been a breakthrough year for him. He went to European Championships, got a bronze on pommel horse. So he's always kind of been third or fourth all-around in Russia, but has never really had the chance to do it internationally. He had a fall on pommel horse, which is his, well, is his second best event behind parallel bars. So he didn't make any event finals, which would be kind of maybe more what you'd expect from him. But then in the all-around final, he really um, delivered and got a bronze, which I think meant quite a lot to him. And he does have the opportunity to get the individual spot through the World Cup series on parallel bars. So a pretty good chance we could see him in Tokyo, whether it's on the team or in that individual spot. Yeah, I think he said at this point, you know, it's just about getting a spot. It doesn't matter if it's individual or team. So I believe he's already got two wins on the World Cup circuit on parallel bars. So if he gets one more, then unless someone else obviously matches it, then that spot is his. But he's also got a really good chance at making the main team just because he's one of their top all-arounders. Yeah, it's going to be hard, especially with David, Nikita, and Arthur. So. Yeah, I think unless one of those three gets hurt or there are other circumstances, they're kind of they're the locks, and it's the fourth spot that's really to play for. Speaking of Team Russia, on to our final competition, uh, the University Games, or Universiad, however you want to call it. Ivan Stretovich. Uh, yes. Talk about Another him. comeback of sorts. Yeah, he uh, had a bit of a rough time after Rio, but he did pretty well. <laughs> pretty well, yeah. I think he uh second most decorated male gymnast of the university games. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he got um, second all around, which yep. I think was a bit unexpected. Definitely. Uh, Medal on parallel bars, and then he won high bar, right? He got bronze on high bar. Bronze on high bar. Okay. Right. I At that point, I was in the middle of watching the World Cup, so I was not <laughs> paying attention. Yeah. I was there. I was, like, 20 feet in front of the high bar, and the the quality of the routines in that high bar final was, I mean, they were, like, Half the guys fell, admittedly, but the ones who hit, it was like, oh, okay, they're going for it. Remind me who won again. Was that Tang Chai Hung? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I remember um, watching him in the event finals in at the Doha World Championships, and his execution was chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, him <laughs> and Ivan really had like similar routines. And I thought it was going to be really close. And Tang ended up having like two tenths more in difficulty. 
And that really made the difference because other than that, their routines were basically like identical. Right. I think I've only done a 6.0 in qualifications. And then in the final, he bumped it up to like 6.3. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really cool because there were loads of people from Taipei in the audience. And they were like every time, like when they got silver in the team competition, when Lee Chi Kai got his all-around medal and his pommel horse title, and when Tang got his high bar title, like they were going crazy. Yeah, Taipei really cleaned up in this competition. They got quite a few medals here. I was pleasantly surprised. Obviously, Lee Chi Kai is mostly known as a pommel horse worker, but Clearly, he showed that he has some all-around chops. Yeah. The all-around final was, it was a really good final. Like, the whole competition was really great. Like, I'm because I went, I was mostly going to see the Japanese guys because I mostly go to European competitions, so don't get to see them as much. Plus, they basically sent half of their world's team to this. Exactly. So when they named the team, I was like, right, we got to go. So obviously the Japanese guys were really impressive and we'll talk about them a bit more later. But um, like the whole competition was just such quality. I mean, you think Universiad like, you know, maybe a bit more of a minor meet, but it was honestly, it wasn't minor. This was a, like a big deal. I know this was the first time I had ever watched this competition. So definitely very exciting. <laughs> Overall, Italy did really well. Um, I was pretty impressed with them, even though they did not get a medal. They've been killing it this past year overall. So, Yeah, they were really impressive. They had multiple finalists. Um, The team did really well, even though they didn't quite manage a medal. I'm excited to see how they do at Worlds. This competition almost seemed like our, our breakout star was Marco Walter. Only for us to find out afterwards that this was his last competition before retiring and to end his career with a devastating injury like a potential Achilles tear is really depressing. Yeah. Um, The unfortunate thing is because he's not like a big name gymnast, I haven't been able to find any updates about his injury. I just want to see what the heck was up with the Faisu stream replaying his vault a hundred times. That was totally unnecessary. We did not need to see that. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. what you know, really bothered me was, um, like, obviously he landed and then rolled off the mat. And it was really, it was clear right away he was really badly hurt. Well, and it took the medical team yeah. so long to get to him. It was really, I was sat right in front of the vault. I could see him the whole time. I was like, oh my God, where are they? Not okay. That's why they kept replaying the vault on the stream. But like they could have just showed the crowd or something. They didn't really. They could have played his first vault, which was nice. It was a nice vault. It wasn't, he did a better one in qualifying. But, you know, show the good vault. Don't show him hurting himself. Yeah, I think that was maybe the only low point of the competition. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, definitely the low point. Um, But I was really impressed with him in qualifying. And um, another gymnast who I was really impressed with was Luis Porto. 
who got bronze on vault. I noticed him in qualifying on vault to start with because he did like the most beautiful high shoe felt. One of the did best. Did you like a 9.5 execution score on that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like it was just, ah, uh, I loved it. I, the first time I saw it, it was from across the arena, and then in vault finals, I was right by it, and I was like, oh my god, like this is amazing. And then he also really impressed me on the other events, and it was a shame he didn't do too well in the all-around final, but I believe he got a score in the 80s in qualifying. So I was really impressed with him, and I'm excited to see what he does next. Uh, yeah, he got just over 80, 80.350. Yeah, I just I was like, oh, I really hope he makes the final. And then he got 80, and, and then in the final it'll win a bit wrong. But I guess back to Russia, um, Kirill Prokopiev, you know, did his thing on floor and was amazing in the team final slash event qualifications day one. Interesting thing, he was on floor while Lee Chi Kai was on pommel horse in... Um, How am I supposed to pick which one to watch? Exactly. And he was, like, doing his flares on the floor. And then, like, right next to him was Lee Chi Kai doing his flares on the pommel horse. And I was like, I'm trying to watch both. And I'm getting dizzy. And Yeah, so uh, Russia on pommel horse. That Oh, boy. That was a complete disaster. All three of them fell. Yeah. Poor Ilya Kibatas. He had one of the worst days of all time. Yeah, he only did the first three events and then ended up withdrawing from the rest of the competitions. So. Yeah, so he fell on floor, he fell on pommel horse, and then rings, which is his event, you know, you'd expect him to make the final on that event, landed his dismount super awkwardly. It didn't look too bad. At first I was like, oh, just another fall, like just what he needs. And then he stayed down and I was like, oh dear. So he was walking around, well, limping around, afterwards but hopefully it's not too serious and it was great to see the other two really rally on the last three events and pull off the bronze even though all their scores had to count back to japan i mentioned before they sent three members of their world's team their win was also pretty expected much like the juniors at the junior worlds um Poor Wataru got two per country out of a few finals. Yeah, so all around floor and parallel bars. Right. He made it to the rings and vault final and high bar. And high bar, yeah. We need to we need to talk about his high bar. Him and Kakeru, their high bar routines in the team final. Oh like, my god. Where, where did that come from? Where indeed? Like, Kakeru, like, for him to get a 14 before was, like, a big deal. And then to get, out of nowhere, a 14.6 and he has a casino now, like, what? Yeah. Because I remember, I mean, if you look back on the, the articles I've written about the Japanese team, I was like, we can't use these guys on high bar. You, you can't use a Tanagawa on high bar. That's just, it can't happen. And yet... They both turn up with upgrades. Um, Wataru had his Tkachev combo, and Kakeru had 
the casino and the best Yamawaki half I have ever seen in my life. Right. I remember being like, you know, usually I hate these, but I kind of like his. Like, yeah. I don't hate it. This is weird. Yeah. It's one of my least favorite skills because not a big fan of a Yamawaki anyway. And then you add the half turn and it's usually super awkward looking. But his is so smooth and he does the, like the whole turn before he catches the bar. And it's just beautiful. And while I think he might want to rethink the casino because he, every other time he tried to do it, he went yeah. down pretty hard. Right. Um, he hit it in the team final, but then fell on it in the all-around final and the high bar finals. So Yeah. So I think the casino maybe should go. Or maybe uh, just practice it a bit more. Yeah, because where did it come from? He completely shuffled around his high bar routine because before he had a full twisting Jaeger and I can't remember exactly what else, but pretty much the only thing that's the same is he's still got the German Giants. Right, and he does seem to be injured though because we yeah. did see him limping at times and I know on the stream it sounded like he was like withdrawing from the all around during the during the team final it like they weren't sure if he was going to compete ball and then he ended up obviously doing all around yeah so a couple weeks ago at all japan event championships he made a few finals and then withdrew from them but I, the reason for that i heard was a wrist problem he was resting but then so he got to university and i was like oh i hope his wrist is okay and then before i know it he's limping all over the place and that obviously doesn't involve your wrists. Yeah, so completely different problem, which we don't want multiple problems. I mean, we don't want any problems, but like, oh no, things are piling up. <laughs> so I was a bit worried he did his rings dismount and then was limping, which was the first I'd noticed of it. Right, which um, is we weren't sure if he was going to do vault after that. Yeah, but apparently he'd been limping all week. So this was like a pre-competition injury. He didn't get an injury during the competition. It was just there. Kakeru, please stay in one piece. Thank you. I know. So after rings in the team final, he didn't warm up Volt at all. So I was like, okay, he's scratching Volt. That's probably sensible. And then with no warm-up, he went and did his Kaz one and a half. Mm. And, you know, it was rough. It wasn't great Volt, but it's still like, vaulting with no warm-up why actually just one more thing on that um he nominated a Kaz double so that was his plan and then only did the one and a half and then only did the one and a half but so he's been working on the double he's competed a few times and I think only one time he kept it to his feet and that was at event championships so part of me is concerned that the ankle injury might be a result of that vault, which is complete speculation, but it concerns me. Speaking of Japanese vault, Wataru's Blahnik form is questionable, like a lot of people who do that vault. Yeah, just just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> okay, but the thing is, when he did the Blahnik before... It was like one of the best ones out there. He had like oh, the I best form. This specific, I think it was during event final. 
Oh, no. oh yeah, when he tried to do the Pike's Dragalescu. Yeah. I think the only person who I've like been kind of okay with and only recently was Artur Dalloyan. Yeah, Watara's form on his Blahnik is pretty good. I've always been impressed by his form for that. But then adding the half turn, obviously, it gets a lot harder. So his knees are bending and it's he's basically landing on his head. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that upgrade. Like, on the one hand... It's impressive, but also scary. Yeah. And, you know, he's sacrificing his form for the upgrade, which I guess you got to decide on the balance, but I'd rather see clean Blahnik. Remember earlier this year when we thought he was going to add the full twist to the Blahnik and we were all terrified? Well, yeah, because it just translated to Blahnik with a twist. Nobody's even done the double front with the full twist yet. I know people were working on it, but just... I don't know if that was like a translation error or if he actually was training it, but... Well, like we were saying before, Google Translate is the worst with Japanese, so... Right. But then even my friend who speaks Japanese wasn't sure, so... Well, in any event, I'm glad he didn't go for it and it hasn't happened. Not sure if there was anything really notable about the Pommel Horse final. It was pretty much as well, expected, I think. Uh, well, yeah, I guess we've grown well, to I expect Li Chi Kai being outstanding. Right. I think he tied his personal best this year. So that was a 15.4. Yeah, so we've had three guys go 15-4 now, haven't we? Well, 15-4 and above. It is four. Four? Who was the... Yeah. Kohei Kamayama. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. And but he won't be at Worlds. So. Obviously, the other two are Reese McLennan and Max Whitlock. So. Yes. It's kind of crazy. I know... I've tweeted about this before, but we now have 11 people this year, and it's only July, who have competed a difficulty of 6.5 or higher. Yeah. And we have also had 11 people who have scored 15 or higher. So in that list are we counting Kazumakaya's 6.6 that he did at Universiad? Yes. Okay. Because I did not see that coming. <laughs> I think what what was he doing before like a 6.1? Um so he did a 6.1 in quals and t- uh yeah, in team final and all-around final. So he took out the Busnari. Um, and he was getting quite good execution scores because most of the routine is flare elements and Russians. So his circle form is really not very good. But by kind of eliminating elements that involve doing a regular circle, it really benefited his execution. So actually, when he went into the event final, added the Busnarian at the start, had quite a big break um, on the exit down from it it brought his execution score right down. So that was actually his lowest Pong score of the week, even though it was with the 6.6 difficulty. 
Yeah, well, other than that, Kazuma was just on fire, has never looked better. I yeah. don't know what else I, to say about him. I mean, he went into this competition as the number three guy, because at NHK it was Kakeru 1, Wataru 2, Kazuma 3. So they're the three all-around guys in Japan right now, and he came in as the number three. He was not the number three here. He was number one by a long <laughs> way. By right. a long, long way. And to score an 87 even in the all-around, like, that's that's the third highest all-around score of the entire season so far, only following Nikita and Artur. So that's absolutely mind-blowing. And it's kind of ridiculous because that's nearly three points higher than what he scored in the Birmingham All-Around World Cup. Yeah, he. I've three. never seen him look this good, ever. Even, yeah, so 2015, he came, like, I can't remember exactly where he came, but he made the All-Around final over, you know, the reigning bronze medalist in the All-Around. Even then, he looked great, but he didn't look this good. Yeah, I just hope he can keep it up through Tokyo. Yeah. And the thing was, I think the biggest surprise was how good he looked on floor, because it was a Taishan floor. We all know how Japan feels about Taishan floors. (laughs) But he was, I think floor was the most notable event where he was really on it. You know, his landings, even... I've said before his form is a bit scrappy for me. But it's not scrappy at all in Italy. Exactly. Like his form has improved. He looks more controlled. And also he got the only um fifteen plus parallel bars to go over the whole competition in the all round final. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just the only time he looked a bit off was in the event finals, which was, you know, after a long competition. I mean, the parallel bars final, he hit like a beautiful clean routine and then on his last handstand took like a million steps on his hands. Yeah. Um, and that brought his score right down. But that was like the only real time when it was like, oh, oh no. The rest was just like, how is he doing this? I just want to say that. All of the guys who meddled on floor had first names that started with K, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> so you have Kirill, Kazuma, and Kakeru. And Kim Hansol actually did score the same as Kakeru, but they broke the tie, so he ended up getting Yeah. Also, um, didn't mention this before when we were talking about Kakeru's ankle, but he was doing a downgraded floor routine here. I have a really hard time keeping track of people's difficulty score, even though I have a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been, you know, assessing kind of the team's uh, scoring potential. And I remember his normals are 6-2, and I believe he was doing a 5-8. But, like, sticking everything. Execution was definitely key here. Not that it's yeah. never not key, but... <laughs> It was particularly important in this final. Yeah, it was. I thought all the finals were really high quality, and particularly, I want to say the rings final. Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember 
watching Ibrahim Chalak, I was like, that's not his best routine ever, but you know what? It's probably good enough for gold. It was not. <laughs> yeah. So his routine in qualifying was amazing. Like, so he wasn't in one of the streamed subdivisions. I think he was on the first day. So I don't know if there's video of that out there anywhere, but I, I remember that. watching it like, oh my God, that is amazing. Like one of the best routines I've ever seen him do. And I think if he'd managed to stick his dismount, he probably could have gone over 15 with a routine like that. But in the final, the routine itself was just a bit more shaky. But I think the the landing had less deductions. So the score ended up being the same. Well, yeah, our winner ended up being another Artur, Artur Avitesian of Armenia. So never discount an Armenian on runnings. They know what they're doing. Yes. And I loved his routine. I can't remember. Oh, I've got notes here, actually. Ah, so we all know how fussy I am about Maltese positions. Yes. In my notes from the rings final, the first thing, it just says Maltese and then a smiley face. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure you gave a smiley face to Alex Diab as well because he has Maltese's that you really enjoy I know that yes I love his Maltese positions everyone needs to look at those guys learn how to hold a Maltese there were some questionable ones um particularly from Kazuma like he's he's really good on rings for a guy who's not really a rings guy but his positions can be questionable. <laughs> Ibrahim ended up tying for silver with uh, Vincenz Hoke of Austria. I really enjoyed his routine as well. I remember being like, I really like your cross, but I don't, it's, it's such a common skill that it's, I almost don't pay attention to it, but his, I was like that. I like that. Yes. He also um, did a really nice Beland in three, which is the same way Ibrahim starts his routine, but his was, like, more solid. And obviously that's a really, really hard skill. So it's, I, it sounds a bit fussy to be like, oh, well, Ibrahim had a tiny wobble. But I think when you compared the two, there was a noticeable difference. I feel like Vincennes has always sort of been on the periphery for me like I know he's good but he wasn't like someone that I really paid attention to that much especially compared to the other guys but if you know the past eight months or so have shown gymnastics fans anything is that rings is maybe one of the most if not the most competitive event this quad yeah I would agree with that I think it's so close between the top guys they've all got the same kind of scoring potential same kind of difficulty it's gonna be really interesting to see how Petrunia shakes things up when he comes back which I'm really excited about just one other thing I want to say about Arta, who won rings. He had three-tenths less difficulty than the guys who tied for silver, and he beat them by a tenth. So he really was 
so clean. I remember thinking like, oh, that'll put him maybe like a tenth behind Ibrahim or something because I didn't really think they would go that high with the execution, but I'm really glad they did because he was a really well-deserved winner. The only event we haven't talked about yet is the uh, Parallel Bars final, which was drama. So originally, Kakeru was only credited with the 5.9 difficulty when he usually does 6.2. Everyone was finished. Stratovich thought he won. And the women started doing floor, which was their last event. And then I think it was like in the middle of like the first floor routine that those of us watching on the stream found out that the Japanese team had its submitted an inquiry for his score so that was like wait we thought parallel bars was over and done with what's going on yeah because i was in the arena and so i was tweeting like oh i don't understand like where's his difficulty gone like i'm sure it was the same routine he always does and then someone replied to it like oh they filed an inquiry and i was just sat in the arena like have they what's happening (laughs) You guys with this stream knew what was going on more than anyone in the arena did. The inquiry was accepted, obviously, and the three-tenths change in difficulty score ended up putting him only half a tenth above Stradovich. So I can't imagine how Stradovich felt when he thought he won. And yeah, I- he looked so happy, and I feel bad for him, even though you know it was the right outcome. But he did one of the best parallel bars routines I've seen him do in a long time. Maybe, oh, maybe even was... before his uh, wrist injury. You know what? He had a really good competition overall. So I hope he's not too disappointed by that because he really has a lot to be proud yeah. of. Yeah. And he did, he did come back in the high bar final, like revenge high bar. And again, that was one of the best routines I've seen him do. So he's definitely on the up. And. I mean, unfortunately for him, Russia are at the strongest point they've been in a really long time. And even with how good he looked here, it's going to be a really big ask for him to make a major team. So overall, I don't think we really have any disappointments other than what happened to Marco Walter. Yeah, yeah, that was a shame. But also, it was nice to see him make Florham Vault finals, even if it did end a bit on a bad note. It was still, I think, a good last competition for him. Yeah, I remember, I remember watching him on the stream during the qualifications, because I think he was in that last subdivision that was streamed. And I was just kind of like, I don't really know who this guy is. Why do they keep showing him on the stream? Why aren't we watching, like more of Kazuma or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, in retrospect, I'm okay with <laughs> them showing a lot of Marco. Yeah, I was really impressed with him on Parallel Bars and High Bar as well. He just kind of, he has that typical Swiss style, just nice lines, clean, solid. I think that's it now.
thank you everyone for listening and we hope you can join us next time whenever that may be.